is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. The following contains mature subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. It's always good to take time for yourself, but sometimes that time can open a portal into the darkest recesses of your imagination. Pleader's Digest, issue number 10. Take a Hike. This story is called Take a Hike by Lauren Shand. When I got back to my desk at work, I found this yellow sticky note sloppily placed on my computer screen that had been written in some sort of chicken scratch. Your value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. A bunch of hearts surrounded the quote. I immediately recognized that writing and knew it was my best friend, Natalie. We had been besties since the day I started at the shithole. She knew I'd been a mess since Mitch and I had broken up and she had always tried to cheer me up. Actually, all of my friends have been there for me in an overly supportive way. We've been to so many bars, movies, dinners, and they constantly tell me that I'm too good for him and that he sucks, which he really does. I can't believe he cheated on me, like actually cheated. Oh shit, he's calling again. Fuck. I pressed decline and sent his ass straight to voicemail. I'm still so angry at him for what he did. Natalie was right behind my desk and scared the crap out of me. (laughs) I didn't even see or hear you come in. What the hell? You were too busy looking at your phone to notice me. Mitch again? Yeah, he keeps calling and I keep sending it to voicemail, but he just won't get a frickin' clue. Yeah, Mitch could never take a hint. Let's not talk about Mitch. Let's talk about that guy from the bar last night. He was hot. You mean Josh? You weren't into him? I mean, he was all about you. I mean, he was really cute, but he kind of creeped me out. Everyone creeps you out. Well, unless they treat you like trash. Hey, that hurts. Why are you being so mean? I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean that. I hate seeing you sad, and I want you to find someone who respects you and treats you like the queen you are. <sighs> Valid. How could I argue with her? I wanted that for myself, too. So what creeped you out about this hottie? I don't know. I just got this bad feeling from him. And he had these really cold and empty eyes. They looked like a shark or something, void of any real emotion. Ooh, creepy. Yeah, and the weird thing is, I felt like I had seen his eyes before. Do you know him or something? No, I don't. Well, I don't think so. Maybe in a past life when I was, like, serving as queen of hell or something. (laughs) He said that we had met in his dreams once and that it was fate. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's some bullshit. Well, if he calls, just let it go to voicemail. He'll figure it out. He's got to be smarter than Mitch. Yeah, actually, actually, I gave him the wrong number. I gave him Mitch's number. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the whole reason I came over here was to tell you that John's brother's friend has this killer beach house, and he said we could go there and party all weekend. So pack your cutest bikini because we're heading to the beach. Oh, and get a wax. Please get a wax. Yeah, I think I'm just going to sit this one out. Are you crazy? You heard me say beach house, right? 
How long have you been talking about finding someone who had a beach house so we could fucking crash it? Yeah, I know. And it sounds really fun, but I think I just want to be alone this weekend. I feel like I've been around people nonstop for the last couple of weeks, and I just, I need some time to be alone with my thoughts. Are you sure? Natalie looked at me with disappointment written all over her face. I don't think you should be alone. It's fine. I've really been wanting to try this hike at Crow's Feet Trail. Oh, my friend Casey did that one and said it was really hard but saw some killer caves. She also said it made her feel enlightened. Do you want me to come with you? Or? No, I really want to go by myself. I just really think it'll be good for me and help me feel better. You sure? Yeah, I'm totally sure. Oh, thank God. I'm so glad because you know how much I hate hiking and bugs and just being outside in general. <laughs> <laughs> the sunlight shot through my blinds with a hell of a lot of determination. What time is it? My eyes were super blurry. I was exhausted from tossing and turning all night and thinking about Mitch. Noon? The clock said noon? I can't believe how late I slept. I quickly ate a poor excuse for breakfast and grabbed my bag and packed a lunch for later. When I got to the trail, it wasn't even that busy. It's been super hot in Sedona lately. I hope I packed enough water. The lack of people was kind of refreshing because I've heard this place can be a madhouse on the weekends. The vibration of my feet falling into place while I ran on the red dirt path was like therapy. I felt like I could clearly think and get away from all the noise in my head. I started to seriously evaluate my life and the direction it was going in. I thought about all the missteps I took that led me to think that a relationship with a guy like Mitch would actually work and be a good thing. I felt so stupid. Why do I always think the wrong guys are the right guys? Before I knew it, I was at the top of the trail, out of breath, but proud of my accomplishment. My self-evaluation was put on a quick hold by an older gentleman who grabbed my attention by tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Oh, hey, excuse me. Yeah, it's starting to get late and dark. You may want to start heading back down that trail. The animals start coming out soon. The trail's going to close. Wow. I was so deep in thought and I lost track of time. I didn't even realize it was starting to get dark. Thanks so much for the heads up, mister. Hey, no problem. I I think we're the last ones up here. It's going to get pretty unsafe soon. Thanks again. I'm going to just take a few pictures of the view and head back down. I'll see you guys down there soon. Sounds good. We'll see you down there. Good night. Good night. I grabbed my water bottle and I poured some water all over my head. Even though it was almost dark and there were little signs of the temperature dropping, I was still drenched in sweat. I took out my phone and took a few selfies of my super sweaty face. Gosh, I was so blotchy and red. I'm so glad nobody else is up here. I look like absolute shit. I put all my stuff in my bag and started heading down the trail. I couldn't help but notice the mud that looked like it had been painted on my legs and the fact that it's been a while since I shaved those things. I couldn't help but to obsess over it. The pattern of it looked like an abstract painting. Wow, that splatter looks like the paintbrush in Fantasia. All of a sudden, I could feel my feet starting to slip and little rocks moving below them. I tried to catch my balance and all of a sudden I felt one foot falling followed by the second foot until... I felt a sense of weightlessness almost in slow motion in my head. I was actually fucking full on falling. I tried to fix my footing and recover, but it was too late. The next thing I remembered, I was careening down an impossibly steep mountainside, bringing the rocks with me. I was fading in and out of consciousness. Ah! (sighs) Is it, is it nighttime? 
Where am I? A sudden panic and fog consume me. <laughs> am I stuck? What's below me? I think my legs are asleep. Well, they feel numb. Can I pull myself up and out of wherever I am? I tried with as much will and strength I had to try and get myself out using my arms, but I couldn't pull myself out. Am I bleeding? Fuck. Everything hurts. Ugh, I want to die. Am I going to die? Let me try and see if I can maneuver myself out. I started to try and wiggle and thought maybe moving uh, my weight around to different parts of the rock might help unlodge me, but uh, unfortunately, I think I made it worse. I slowly let the air fill my bruised lungs and I let out a huge, forceful scream. I listened to see if I could hear anyone, and all I heard was my pathetic voice echoed back at me. Thoughts clouded my mind. How long am I going to be stuck here? Is anyone going to find me? Who's going to feed my cat? How much am I bleeding? I really have to pee. If death had a smell, what would it smell like? Alright, that's some morbid shit. Beth, you need to pull it together. Help! I screamed again. Someone please help! Help me, please! I could feel the canvas strap on my backpack on my leg, but since it's pitch black, I can't see exactly where it is. I just feel it. I tried to see if I could try and grab it, but my hand couldn't reach it. Well, this is just fucking great. I lifted my head up to see the sky... At least that was beautiful, constant, and calm. Because at this point, I was none of those. There were definitely some stars I hadn't seen in the sky since the city light pretty much mutes them and puts them to sleep. All of a sudden, I felt pebbles and dirt dusting the top of my head. There was clearly something above me. Was it an animal? Was it a person? Or, or maybe the police? I rushed to call out to whatever was up there. Hello? All of a sudden, there was a steady stream of light blinding my saddened blue eyes. Hello? Hello? I was so excited to hear another person's voice. More of Bleeder's Digest, issue number 10. Take a hike after this. Oh, damn, I didn't realize you were stuck. I don't have any reception up here. Let me take a hike further down the trail. I'll see if it's any better, and I'll get some help. The stranger waved around his flashlight to get a better look at me in the situation. I still couldn't get a real good look at him. Thank you so much. My name is Beth. Hey, Beth. David, nice to meet you. Sorry it's not under better circumstances. You're literally my savior. I was at the right place at the right time. I'm going to run and get you some help. Great. I'll stay here. I could hear his shoes hit the rocks and residual dirt fall on my face as he left to go get help. I took a deep breath and was so relieved that help was coming my way. After what seemed like an hour, David arrived back with a giant bag. 
I got supplies. Did you call for help? I sure did. It might take a while since we're so far up the hill, but they're coming. Uh, did you tell them I was badly hurt? Yeah, of course. Don't you worry. Thank you again. I'm going to take a hike down to where your feet are dangling. I'm going to see if I can see what's going on from there. Okay, but I'm sure paramedics will be here any second. In a blink of an eye, I saw a flashlight shining up from below. Yeah, listen, I can see that there's a major gash in your left foot. That's going to need some stitches. Yeah, it kills. I'm going to try and see if I can pull you down through the rocks. That won't be necessary, and that won't work. I I really feel like I need a professional, and, and help should be here any second. David took a running jump, and before I knew it, he grabbed onto my two legs, swinging back and forth as my bones cracked with every swing forward and back. I screamed in agonizing pain. Ah! David, stop! Tears streaming down my face. I could feel my body becoming lodged deeper in between the rocks. David's hand slipped and he lost his grip. All the pressure I felt on my legs was finally gone. I let out a weird sound of relief. (gasps) What the fuck? That really hurt. Why the hell would you do that? I'm sorry. I was just trying to help you, but now you're starting to make me angry. You don't want to make me angry. I know your type. Ungrateful and always thinking about yourself. I was starting to panic again. Did he even call 911? I don't want to piss him off. He's my only help at the moment. But obviously, he's not all there. I know you were just trying to help, but that really fucking hurt. I'm thinking we just wait for the paramedics and let them handle this. Maybe you should just call them again. I heard silence. David, are you there? I could hear rustling. I didn't mean to upset you. You did upset me, you stupid bitch. Whoa, I think we got off on the wrong foot, David. Please help me. Can you please call 911 again? I thought to myself, this guy's fucking nuts. I'm going to have to play his games if I want to live. He's awfully quiet, which started to really scare me. What is he up to? David! All of a sudden, I noticed the sound of a cell phone ring coming from above me. Is that, is that your phone? Asshole said he didn't have reception. What a liar. I heard him answer the phone. Yeah, I'm at home. Help me! Whoever's on the phone, please help! Yeah, that's my TV. I'm watching one of those true crime stories where they do the, you know, the reenactments. This one is really brutal. David's voice got more and more distant. He finally returned and he started taking metal objects out of this bag. I could hear them clanking. You're all I got. I'm counting on you to get me out of this. Oh, I'm going to help you, but not in the way that you think you need help. What does that mean? I have money and a a car. I will give you anything you want. I mean anything. David didn't say a word. He just continued to pull out his supplies. He positioned himself down where he could see my face and even more importantly, where he could reach me. He secured his flashlight around his wrist, freeing up both his hands. The flashlight swung between us, slowly lighting up our faces. This was the first time I was able to get a glimpse at what he looked like. My God, it's you. You're not fucking David. Your name is Josh. Josh from the bar the other night. I would recognize those soulless eyes anywhere. I'm surprised you didn't realize it was me sooner. I mean, I thought we had a moment the other night. I said I've seen you before in my dreams. Wait, have I seen you before the bar? 
I, I know I have. I, I just can't remember where. Yeah, my name's Josh Barrett. Doesn't that name mean anything to you? That name sounded familiar, but I couldn't remember where I'd heard it before. I kept repeating Barrett in my mind, hoping that if I said it enough times, it would jog my memory. I mean, you can't possibly be this stupid, can you? I was ten and you were six and your bitch of a mom was dating my dad. She was picking you up from ballet class when your mom's car didn't start. So my dad, being the great guy he was, left in the middle of a snowstorm to pick you and your mom up. On the way, he was hit by a car and died on impact. Listen, Josh, I'm so sorry about your dad, but that was not my fault. It's your fucking fault because my dad told your mom not to take you to class during that storm. And you cried and you begged and threw a fit so your mom took your spoiled ass. If you hadn't been such a brat and made your mom take you, I wouldn't have to grow up without a dad. You killed my dad and I'm gonna fucking destroy you. Josh, I barely remember that. I was six. I didn't know that me going to ballet class would end your father's life. I knew you would say that. That's what my psychiatrist said you would say if I ever confronted you. I've been waiting for this moment for years. I've been watching and waiting for so long. And now the time has come. I apologized and told him over and over again that I was sorry and I begged him for forgiveness. He told me forgiveness was for the weak as he aggressively grabbed a chunk of my hair from the top of my head and used it to slam my head into a rock. I could feel the pieces of hair that were pulled out floating in the air and eventually finding a home on my face. They started tickling the inside of my nose. David, please stop. He stopped for a few seconds and I felt a tiny bit of relief. Only to have that moment stripped away from me so fast by the feeling of a dull blade scraping against my forehead. The feeling started as a light scratch and it grew to a strong pressure. Blood dripping and finding its way into my eyes and clouding my vision. I could feel pieces of my skin splitting and stretching. I tried to grab his hands to stop him, but I couldn't get a good grip. I used all my strength and pushed my left hand towards his till I made contact. Shit, you bitch, I dropped my fucking knife. That was my dad's knife. What the hell is wrong with you? He was always so nice to you. Josh, what I remember of your dad is that he wouldn't like the way that you're treating me right now. This would absolutely break his heart. Shut up. Nobody asked you. I'm going down there and get my knife. As he left, I tried to think of a way to stop him. If this continued, he was most definitely going to kill me. If I could just get a strong enough grip on him, I could possibly knock him out. When he came back, I was ready for him. He took out a hammer. And he took out some nails. And he started trying to hammer one of them through the sweaty palms of my hand. Stop moving and this will be over quickly. Finally, bullseye. Even though the pain was immeasurable, I held in my screams and I refused to give him any power over me. The pain was excruciating, but I used it as a weapon to stretch my body high enough to get a decent hold of his arm and I pulled him off the edge. Ah! I felt the wind of his fall brush against my arms. He bounced off the rocks like a pinball and hit the ground with a large and impactful thud. A stream of blood washed away the dirt from underneath his face. The sun was starting to come up 
and I heard the bustle of new hikers making it to the top of the trail. I was in so much pain, and I knew I was seriously banged up, but I didn't know the extent of it. I screamed out again and was found by a group of young women who called 911. They reminded me so much of me and my friends, and boy, did I have a story for them. I couldn't wait to see them. Once the paramedics reached me, they discovered I was so deeply lodged between the boulder that they had to call in all these specialists to decide what the best course of action was. They carefully chipped away parts of the boulder that was in front of me. I remember feeling so alive when they pulled me out. When I got to the top, I saw strangers clapping and cheering. I gave them all a little smile. I took a deep breath, and my next thought was to tell the police about Josh. I got the attention of one of the officers, and in my super dry voice, I said there was a man named Josh. He tried to kill me. He fell, and his body was just below. They radioed to two of the members on the team just behind the caution tape to go recover the body. The EMT lifted me up and laid me on a stretcher. A helicopter was waiting for me a few feet down the trail as I needed to be airlifted. As the tech was strapping me in, the officer ran back up to me and said, Beth, we can't find a body down there. There's nothing. Are you sure you weren't hallucinating? Looks like you banged your head pretty hard. Of course I wasn't hallucinating. I swear, someone was trying to kill me. His name was Josh Barrett. He had a bag and tools and he was mad at me about ballet and his father's death. I looked at the officer and I could tell he thought I was crazy. But I knew I wasn't. You just get some rest. You've been through a lot. I felt the wind of the propellers blowing my hair all over the place. I heard the technicians count down as they lifted me and secured me to the red stretcher that was on the ground. I saw the long rope that connected me to the helicopter like an umbilical cord attached to a fetus. I could feel the helicopter start to take flight as I was pulled up. The swinging motion was nauseating. I looked up at the pilot, and to my utter shock, it was Josh. He looked back at me, smiled, and winked. Take a Hike, written by Lauren Shand, featuring Lauren Shand as Beth, Spider One as Josh Barrett, Chrissy Fox as Natalie, Mike Crank as Officer Dan, and Trevor Shand as The Hiker. Production and sound design by Trevor Shand. Bleeders Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Theme music by Trevor Shand, Tyler Connolly, and Chrissy Fox. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeders Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.